Hi everyone, my name is Martin Matichevich and I'm the co-founder of Beautiful Minds. If you've listened to the previous episodes, you'll know that this podcast is all about elevating your personal and professional life. Each week we bring on an incredible thinker, someone who's at the forefront of their specific field, and then they deliver a valuable lesson within the discussion. It's up to you to then take that lesson and put it into action. We can't do that for you. However, in recent weeks, there's been a lot of changes out there globally. Things like global lockdown measures, self-isolation, social distancing, and many more. These are all unfamiliar things, especially to me. However, that doesn't mean opportunities cease to exist. No, quite the opposite. And that's why it's my aim to tailor the content specific to what we're going through. Don't miss out. Hi everyone and welcome to Beautiful Minds. My name is Martin and I'm joined by my best mate and co-host Staz. Our guest today is Samuel Leeds. Samuel, you're a UK-based property entrepreneur who runs the biggest property training academy in the UK. We're super excited to have you on. Welcome to Beautiful Minds. How are you? It's great to be on the show. You guys are doing a great job, so thanks for having me on. Thanks. No, it's an absolute pleasure. I just want to go quickly into the corona situation because I think you know, it's impossible to avoid talking about that. What are your biggest lockdown success tips in the UK property market? I think my biggest lockdown tips are really just to just just to keep keep a positive mindset and to remember that we're going to get through this. So I think that's the main thing. This is this is going to be a point where people either come up with now now we've got more excuses than ever not to be successful. Normally we have excuses not to be successful, but now we have even more. You know the, the house prices are dropping. We're not out of our houses right now. The, the, the economy is struggling massively. So now would be a great opportunity for people to say, you know what, I'm just going to wait until this is all over. I'm just going to wait until um, things pick up again. And then I'm going to go hard. And then I'm going to... So it's like a, a mega excuse. So, I mean, my, my viewpoint would be to rather than, rather than using it as an excuse, actually use it as an opportunity and say, people are... I mean, I'm in the property space, in the property industry. Right now, people are selling houses cheap. People are giving back keys to rent to rent deals. So now is actually an opportunity. And it's always about, as an entrepreneur, it's always about finding the opportunity rather than finding the problem. Most people are problem finders. As an entrepreneur, as someone that wants to be successful, you've got to be a solution finder. And right now, as a lot of people have got problems, we've got to get to work in finding solutions to those problems. Yeah. And the people who are finding problems at the moment, do you think they're the same people who were finding problems before not to start then and now they've got another excuse not to start now? Yeah, for sure. That, that, but, but there's more of them now. Yeah. And I know you mentioned in one of your Instagram posts, and by the way, your Instagram is absolutely amazing. I think there's so many pieces of advice on there. People just jump on it and start searching. I think in an hour, you could probably find like 100 new strategies to get on the market. But just to focus more deeper on you know, the coronavirus situation, I know you mentioned that at the beginning you were struggling. A lot yeah. of people kind of walking away from deals. You found that things were kind of collapsing on themselves. And then you found that after a while, a few people started calling you back and saying, hey, remember that price you were trying to get down? Well, I'll meet you at that price now. Or mm-hmm. maybe a new opportunity came up. I know you said you got a piece of land for free. Is that yeah, still something you're experiencing? Yeah, I mean, life is filled with obstacles and disappointments uh, combined with opportunities yeah. and potential for success. So yeah, there's been other deals fall through and I've had things happen that aren't good. 
because of Corona. I've had my, to shut down my office. So right now, all of my staff are, are, have been furloughed or are working from home, which has yeah. caused problems. I've had deals fall out of bed. I've had, I, I've had to pull seven properties from auction. I was, I was just, I just listed seven properties that I was about to sell from auction, which I made the decision to pull them out before the auction because I was getting very little interest. And the interest that I was getting was, um, you know, b- b- extremely cheeky kind of pre-offers. So, so that was a problem. And I talked about those problems openly on Instagram and on YouTube. And I talked about them. I said, oh my gosh, I'm struggling. I've had this problem. I've had that problem. I talked about it openly. But then, but then as, as time went on, I also had opportunity. You know, and things. It's funny because a lot of a lot of the restaurants are going bust where I live. I live in Buckinghamshire. There's a little restaurant that was always always seemed quite quiet, and now it's as busy as ever because what they've done is they've adapted. And instead of instead of just trying to continue what they normally do, they're now selling stuff outside the outside the restaurant. And all day there's people queuing up buying stuff off them. And I'm thinking, what they've done is they've they've adapted, and the ones that didn't adapt are just empty now probably going to either go bust or just have a massive financial hardship so i think the, the key is yes there's problems and obstacles and hardships because of corona but i think the key is to just adapt and think well actually how can i what 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 do people want right now and how can i give it to them it's all being being a, a successful business person or an entrepreneur it's never about you it's always about others so it's a case of what do people want right now and how can i give that to them yeah it's powerful and what have you had to change recently because of everything that's going on? What, what have you found that you need to give people more now than before? So how has that changed? Mm. Well, I think as far as my, my training business, I've had, to, I've had to put it all online. So we've, we, 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 we had to cancel. I say cancel. We had to, I guess, reschedule, but we don't know the date yet of when we're allowed to do it. We've had to just pause all of our events. And we had thousands of people booked on that. So that was a disappointment again, not just to me, not just to our business, but also to the, to the delegates. So that's given me time to, I've, 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 I've created a load of online stuff. I've put the yeah. property crash course online. I've created a, a membership site called Samuel 365, which is blowing up now. We've had over 2000 people register for that. And right. So again, it's just adapting and thinking, thinking actually, you know, what can I do? So, th- I mean, there's some of the things that I'm on, on a personal or business level I've had to do. Yeah. I know you mentioned also once in your, one of your posts, I think it was the seven tips to be an entrepreneur. You talked about the importance of having a good circle. Mm. Do you feel that circle is still intact during a time like this or do you feel more alone? No, I feel, <laughs> it's funny you say that. I think that in times like this, it's when you really realize who you in an inner circle really are. Because okay. for me, I, my circle almost got too big. I got to the point where I had so many acquaintances and friends and team and in my, 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 my staff. It was, it was so big. My events were huge. My network was huge. Whereas actually in this time, the, the, the inner circle, the core relationships that I've got with, with, with some of the key members of staff, even, even on a personal level with some of my family and stuff, it, 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 actually, it actually, when you walk through the fire, sometimes it brings you closer together. So I found that my core team, my core circle, you know, I've actually got very, very close with. And then those people that are kind of on the fence or on the outskirts, you know, you, re- you realize, you realize who are the most important people in times like this. That's very powerful. The other thing about a time like this is uh, there's a lot of uh, uni and college students graduating. Uh, it's a time when people normally, you know, start looking for a job and 
uh, finding something to do in life, you know, grow, growing up. Um, so what advice would you give to those people? Because obviously now it's, it's a very different time to in the past. It's even harder, you know, to get a normal job like they would have before. And, you know, some people may struggle with, with the psychological aspect of it as well. What, what would you say to those people? I think but try, trying to get a job and trying to be an entrepreneur, the two are massively different. And it yeah. all comes down to value. It comes down to how, how can I add value? So instead of just applying for jobs and just waiting for the phone to ring, it's like, actually, how can I, how can, everything is sales. Everything is sales and value. How can I be valuable? And how can I then, how can I then present that so people can see my value and then deliver that? So yeah. for a job right now, if you just finish university, okay, rather than thinking I want a job, it's like, actually, who needs me right now? Who needs my skills more than ever right now? What am I good at? Am I good at sales? Am I good at IT? Am I good at writing? Am I good at, okay, well, who, who, who needs me right now? And then approach that person and sell yourself and offer, and offer that value. And then when you get that, and also you got, I think, I think being prepared, I mean, career advice, I mean, I've not worked my way up in a career, but I have had people work their way up in, in my business. Of course. So I can speak from a position of, career advice because I give my staff career advice. My advice as well is be humble. Don't be afraid to start doing something small and then just Im deliver so much. If you get, if you get a job somewhere, do, if you finish university and you've been at uni for five years and you've got a degree in something, get a job. And this doesn't necessarily work for every industry, but get a job in the industry you want, but doing the lowest level thing and just shine and be patient. I think, I think my advice would be who needs you right now? Be prepared to sell yourself and be prepared to be humble and get in the company at a lower point and then just massively over deliver. Yeah, it actually comes back to something I read the other day, uh, what Tony Robbins said, um, and just talking about money. And he said, money is nothing but a means to measure the exchange of value between people. Yeah. And it, all comes, it all comes down to value, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. You see, you've got nothing to worry about. If you're, if you're in a company, and you're working as, as, a, as an employee, but if, it, but if it wasn't for you, if you're, if, you're, if you're bringing more than three times what you're being paid, if you're being paid 20 grand, but you're bringing 60 grand's worth of value, you're not gonna get fired. Yeah. And if you can demonstrate that you can bring three times your, your, your wage, then you're gonna get hired. If, 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 if an employer truly believes that you're gonna bring, and that's, that's what it comes down to. It come, ultimately, you know, you're going for a job interview, and you're thinking, you know, okay, how am I going to get the perfect answers? And how am I going to present myself? What should I say? When they ask me what my hobbies and interests are, listen, <coughs> bottom line, it's just, it's just a case of, am I going to be able to bring value into this company? Am I going to be able to pay my salary times three? And if the answer is yes, and you can demonstrate that, it doesn't matter if they like you or not. It matters if you can do that job. And if you can, they'll hire you. And if you can't, you won't. Yeah, absolutely. So just before we go a bit deeper on that layer of um, the role that education plays in society, I want to also ask you, have there been any amazing examples of people in your team that really impressed you and wowed you, like some example success stories, for example? Yeah, they have. I mean, I think the people that impressed me in my, in my team are people that have just got initiative and, and don't wait to be told what to do, but actually think, what, what can I do? And also as well, Rather than thinking in terms of their job description, you know, this is my job description, taking ownership of what the company actually wants. Where's the company going and how can I help and how can yeah. I bring my skills? 
you know, I think that I think they're the kind of things. And yeah, in my company, I mean, we have, you know, we have we have some absolutely fantastic members of staff, some great members of the team, uh, and I wouldn't be able to run the business without them. I mean, we've got currently, um, I think we've got like 35, 35 approximately there and thereabouts members of staff, um, and 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 most a lot of them are working from home right now. But the ones that are working from home. You know, you, you, you are prepared to work work on a Saturday evening if they have to. You know, they'll take your call, they'll respond. They'll. It's, I think it's lifestyle. I talk about I talk about something. I talk about something called being an entrepreneur. So an entrepreneur is someone that sets up their own thing. An entrepreneur is someone who acts like an entrepreneur but working from an, within an organisation. Yeah, yeah. And ultimately, if you if you want to go far in a career, you've got to treat the business as if it's your business. Absolutely, yeah. And you can make more money doing that than being an entrepreneur. That's one of the crazy things that I'm seeing. Yeah. Are you saying some of the people in your team are making more money than you? Some of, some of them are making the same. Yeah. Some of them are making the same. That's amazing. I pay myself, I pay myself a, a, a salary, and the salary that I pay myself, which is 10000 a month, which is like a decent salary. Yeah. Um, whether my business does well or whether it doesn't do that well, I pay myself the same salary. Right now, if, if things are struggling and we're not making that much money and we didn't sell the houses we wanted to sell, I'm still getting my same salary. If things are absolutely booming, I'm getting my same salary. And I'm not the only person in the company that's on that salary. There's, there's, there's several people on the same salary. That's amazing. That just shows the development that you guys offer, right? Yeah. And not just a salary either, but also opportunity for profit shares, commission, yeah. uncapped potential. Um, yeah. And why do you do that? Why do you keep the same salary even though you know the conditions change? Yeah, I think it's really important to 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 pay yourself a salary because if if most people that are starting out in business or say they're self-employed, their their lifestyle will depend on how how many sales they happen to get that month or how well business is doing. And that's not a, you don't want that. That's not a good that's not a good place to be because because then if things because then it it, all, it becomes personal. So if you're getting a sale and you're thinking, if I don't get this sale, I'm not going to have my, I, I, don't, I don't like that. I'd rather just say, actually, you know what? I'm, I'm good. I'm comfortable. And I'm growing the business from a missional point of view, as opposed to, I need the money personally. So when I'm yeah. doing deals and I'm selling, I'm not thinking about me personally. You know, I mean, I'm, my, my training company, I don't even take a salary from that. I don't take a penny out of my, I mean, I know, I know like you've done some of my training, that I don't take a penny from that. Um, and, and, and I just, I just, I just put it back into the business. I put it back into growing the business. We, 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 we have a foundation, a charity foundation that we put money into. Um, so, you know, we invest, invest into the business, invest into property, invest into um, the kingdom of God, which is growing, um, you know, helping the poverty, helping the needy. And that's a legacy that will outlive me. So my properties will outlive me, but my legacy will outlive my properties. Yeah, I guess that's the difference between being greedy and being competitive, right? The most greedy people tend to have no money. I see. Because yeah. if, you're, if you're a greedy person and you're only thinking about yourself, you're never going to grow a team, you're never going to grow a business, you're never going to have lots of customers, because all you're thinking about is you. If you're thinking about not only using the money that you make well, but also making it in a way whereby you're giving a lot of value. If you're thinking about others, that is when, that, that, that's the biggest the philosophy to be able to grow a company and to be able to have success. Yeah. You mentioned an important skill, sales. And mm. I know a lot of people graduating from uni might think that they're above that sort of role, above being on commission and making sales. 
what would your advice be to them at a time like this when perhaps the only way you can step into a company is by being a salesman and bringing mm. in money to the owner of that business? I think people might think they're above sales because they misunderstand sales. So yeah. in their mind, they think of sales as working as a sales job or selling insurance. And they think, no, 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 I'm a, I'm a, field, I'm a, I'm a technician or I'm a specialist. So I don't, I don't, I don't see myself doing sales. Um, listen, my, my advice, I, every, everybody sells. Everybody sells all the time. And if you, if, you're, if you can't sell, even if you're a technician or a specialist, you will never be rich. You just won't. And if you want to have any influence, any impact, you want to bring change, you want to grow, you want to inspire people, you want to change a culture, you, you just cannot not sell. Because what selling is, is, is communication. It, it's, it, it's, it's actually just helping people see things. That's what sales is. Because, and that's why even, even Jesus and Gandhi and these people sold. Jesus, Jesus sold an idea which still lives on today. Whether you believe it or not, it still lives on. Yeah. You know, he sold an idea. He sold a concept. Martin Luther King sold an idea, which was, I have a dream. And it was, it was you know, that amazing speech that he did that's still famous today. But he was selling an idea. If he hadn't been able to articulate himself properly and sell himself or sell his idea, then, then he wouldn't have brought any change. So now nah, you've just, if the one skill that I would rather you take away my property knowledge than take away my ability to sell. Yeah, I guess if you come down to, to the root in any you know, business environment, any, anything anyone is doing, it always comes down. You have to sell. You're selling something at the end of the day, aren't you? Yeah, totally. You, 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 I, have to, I, have to, I have to sell to my kids. <laughs> you know? What, what do you sell to your kids? I have to tell them on the idea that now is the right time to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. They definitely try and sell to me. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I, selling is serving. Selling is everybody needs to learn to sell because if, if you can't, the reason people are so skilled and so intelligent, but have people out earning them who are not is because they don't know how to sell. That's powerful. And how do you approach fear? I know a lot of people are scared of putting themselves out there. They're scared of failing. They're, they're scared of rejection. Mm. I mean, fear is something that you just have to just, you just, you, <laughs> if, if, you, if you're not ever getting afraid, when you get afraid and you do it anyway, that's when you grow. So for me, fear doesn't really come into anything ever. It's, it, I don't, I don't not do it. I don't not do something because I'm afraid. If anything, I do it because I'm afraid. Yeah. So Awful. sometimes I've done stuff in the past just because it makes me scared. And actually it doesn't make any sense. Like I used to bungee jump all the time and I used to only do it because it used to petrify me. And I used to think, well, if it scares me, but I just do it anyway. And then when you do it, you think actually that wasn't that bad. That was all right. It just trains your mind into the, into the philosophy and habit of feeling something which is, a which is an irrational fear, and then doing it anyway. So I, I, that, that's just always habitually how I've operated. I don't do that anymore. I don't do bungees anymore. I had quite a bad um, accident water rafting a couple of years ago. And now I think, well, actually, you know what? I think I'm just going to, I'm going to do stuff despite of fear, but only if there's actually purpose behind it, you know? Absolutely. Rather than just to prove a point. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. I've done a few crazy things and definitely I think once you walk away from it, you're like, 
actually, if I could have done that, what else am I scared of that I'm not doing that could yeah. make my life better, right? I think I definitely yeah. understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, you can't live in fear. And also, fear doesn't ever help anything. So, yeah. like, at the moment, people are very scared about corona. They're scared to catch it. I'm not afraid to catch corona at all. Now, I'm, yeah. not, saying that. I'm not saying that in an arrogant way. I'm not saying, oh, I'm never gonna, I'm, it's never going to touch me. I'm untouchable. I'm being, I'm being arrogant. But fear, having fear, fear never cured any disease. Yeah. But being afraid of something, in fact, if you're afraid of something, you normally just attract it anyway. If you're afraid of a dog, if, a, if, if there's an angry, vicious dog and you're afraid of it, the dog will just sense that they'll smell out that fear and go for you. Whereas if you're not afraid of it, it won't. So if anything, being afraid is actually going to harm you, not help you, not protect you. So it, it just makes it has, fear has zero life, zero, zero hold in my life in any way. I'm not, I'm not afraid of anything. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I think sometimes people are scared of success. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they are. They're, they're afraid of what money might do to them or how it might change them. Yeah. I used to be like that. Can you talk us through that a bit? Yeah, because I, I, I used to think that money might make me into a jerk. I might become arrogant. I might become like, yeah. um, you know, obsessed with money. And then I might lose my love for people. I might lose myself in it. So as a result of that, I used to just kind of, you know, keep it. I used to consciously sabotage my success because I was scared to become rich. When I actually, I did a whole dissertation on this. I did, a, I wrote a piece, quite a long piece on the on the the whole issue of money and whether you should pursue it or not, and if it's going to change you, if it's going to make you a bad person. I did a whole, you know, a whole. Yeah, whole I've, read, I've read it. I've read it in your book. Oh, you've read that. You've read that. Yeah, that was my first book. Yeah. So, and I just, I came to the conclusion that money doesn't change you; it just exposes who you truly are. Yeah. And if you're, you you'll be a much bigger jerk when you have money. But if you're an, a good person that wants to help people and cares about people, loves people, then you'll be able to do that even more. It just amplifies rather than changes. Yeah. I remember in one of your episodes on the podcast, uh, you were talking about how, well, the person you were talking to, sorry, was commenting how you never really changed in terms of like when you were younger, you didn't really care what other people thought of you. You just kind of like said, this is a Samuel, take it or leave it type thing. And, you know, I think that's a good example of kind of, not letting money get to you. Yeah, for sure. And it, and it, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I have to I have to keep people around me that keep me in check because yeah. it's it's it is easy to think that you're better than you are, or to or to see yourself in a um, almost an exaggerated light and think, oh, you know, I'm brilliant, I'm fantastic, you know, I'll oh, let me do it kind of attitude. It's it's easy to go down that route, but then. I've got enough imperfections that keep me humble and people around me that keep me grounded, but it's definitely something that you need to keep in check hundred percent. But that's yeah. any kind of success. If you have, if you have massive success in your career or in your, even physically, if you have a really good body or a really whatever, just if you, if you are very successful or very blessed with stuff, it's, it, it is easy to let it get to your head, but it's just a terrible luck and you end up, lonely if you go down that route so i think it's really important to make a decision if you're pursuing if you're pursuing to be successful in business you know you've got to you've got to write down some non-negotiables which is you know in the cold life day before i have the money how am i going to be when i have the money so one of the reasons i pay myself a salary and don't just say i just keep all the money that i made is because that was one of my non-negotiables i was saying you know what when i become wealthy i'm going to pay myself a salary and that way I'm not going to just do stupid stuff. I'm not going to 
spend an absolute, uh, uh, you know, ridiculous amount of money doing something just because. Now, not that there's anything wrong in that. In some, I'm not judging anyone else. You've, if you've earned it, then fine. But for me, I just want to pay myself a salary. That's just that was one of my things that I said back in the day, which I still do today. Yeah. So I just wanted to move on to uh, what the property market is going to look like in 10 years time in the UK. And yeah. I saw your conversation with uh, Grant Cardone the other day. And he was saying, I've got 1.5 billion today. In 10 years time, my property is going to be worth 3 billion pounds. Mm. What do you think is going to happen in the UK from that perspective? Yeah, sure. I think a few things I'll say. Firstly, is I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a prophet. I can't, I can't say 100% what's going to happen. I don't know. I have my ideas. I can look at history. I can, t I can say what I think, but no one knows. Anyone that, anyone that says they know for sure what's going to happen in the future is, is either deluded or, or a liar because no one knows. Um, what, I, what I will say, though, is if you look back over history, even despite some of the terrible things that have happened, the Great Depression, World War I, World War II, the 2008 crash, we've always got through it. We've always got through it. So right now we're going through a bad time of corona. We will get through it. I really believe that. And, and, and when we get through it, and at the time when you're in it, it doesn't feel like that. Like if you're, if you're sick, if you're poorly, sometimes it's easy to just think, this is just going to be going on forever. And then in a few days, you've even forgot the feeling of the pain. So we're going to get through this. I believe that. Um, secondly is I think it just depends. It depends on area and it depends on like every when you talk about house prices, what a house price is going to do, or is there going to be a recession? Is there going to be, I don't think, I think in some parts of the country, I don't even think house prices are going to drop at all. So, because they've already dropped. So there's, there's places like Liverpool, for instance, Liverpool crashed. It's not recovered from 2008. It was just beginning to pick up. And I don't, I don't think property prices in, in, in some parts of the country are going to go down at all. But then there's other parts of the country like London, which from 2011 up to 2016-17 doubled in value. So there's a lot of there's been a lot of appreciation. So I think that that's going to dip quite a bit. So it just depends on the area and the location. Um, however, in ten years' time, I think that this year, generally speaking across the board, I think that residential house prices are going to drop about 15% this year. Um, at the moment, they have they actually haven't dropped yet. Which is really weird. They yeah. haven't. In fact, they went up one percent last month, according to Nationwide. So we think we're in recession right now, which we kind of are because people aren't spending money, which is a definition of recession. But the reason house prices haven't dropped yet is because they're just not selling. Yeah. Because it's hard to. It's hard. Transaction is hard. So there's been over, there's been five hundred twenty thousand houses that have been paused. The sale of them have been paused as a result of Corona. That's over half a million. So I think what's going to happen is nothing's going to happen for the next month or two. And then when properties start being sold, sold again, it's going to be a few months delay. There's going to be a drop. And my prediction will be probably that in the next year or two, property will, will begin to recover and properties will start going up. It might be shorter. It might be more. I don't know. But I, I, I think in 10 years' time, I mean, the thing is, in this country which you asked about in the UK, yeah. we're on a small island. And the statistics are that we are in a massive shortage of houses right now. And there's an overpopulation of people. That's not going to change. And the population is going to keep growing anyway. And the population is going to keep growing. And 
if, if, if there's problems with employment, which there is at the moment, which there will be, people will start running out of money. What happens is people just need to rent instead. So there's going to be more renters, which from a buy to let perspective means that they're going to need houses. And if, if people are paying rent, then that's going to keep the house prices good because when you sell a house, a buy to let house, what the buyer cares about is what's the rent. So I, I don't think long term, I would predict in the next 10 years, property prices are going to go up considerably. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, I don't know if they're going to double or not, but I think they're going to go up considerably across the board over the next 10 years. Um, I have no reason to think otherwise. But as I say, I, no one knows 100%. What I would say, though, is if you're buying property, make sure, yes, it's safe. Yes, it's bricks and mortar, and we're in a small country, and there's an overpopulation of people and a shortage of houses, and ultimately it's supply and demand. So, yes, probably it's going to continue going up over the next few years, I would say. But just make sure it's cash flowing good. Because if it's cash flowing good, and you're making good profit on it each month, whether it goes up or whether it goes down, it's kind of irrelevant because you're still making an income from it, which is the purpose of why I got into property in the first place. Amazing. So I think now's a good time to ask one of the questions that one of our listeners asked. Uh, they asked about buyer power and whether the government is going to introduce any policies that could potentially harm people like yourself when it comes to renting. I think Jeremy Corbyn was talking about that. Yeah. Who I actually, who, who, in fact, Jeremy Corbyn had a lot of very strange ideas. And in fact, I, I predict, where, where everyone was saying Corbyn was going to get in. And I, I said, <clears throat> there was a guy who commented on my YouTube. He said, what, what are we going to do when Corbyn gets in? He's got all these ideas. I said, we can worry about it or we can wait till it happens. And ultimately, not only is it not in, but I don't think it's ever going to come in. And in fact, Mr. Commenter on my YouTube channel that says, what about when Corbyn gets in? If Corbyn gets in, I want you to direct message me and I'll pay £10,000 to your favorite charity because it's not going to happen. <laughs> Because the vocal people that talk about all this stuff on, on social media are actually the minority, but just think that they're the majority. People oh, just cool. quietly, quietly vote sensibly. And the very, very far left-winged crazy people, and I'm not saying let, being left-wing is a bad thing or a good thing. I don't want to get too, too political. But what you'll find is what you think people think, they don't think. It's like Trump. I remember everyone was... When everyone was talking about Trump in 2016, I mean, I was in America when Trump got elected, and everyone that I, I was, I was in big circles. I was walking. I was in um, California, New York. Where was I in 2016? I was in America. I can't remember which state, but I was, I was traveling America, and people were celebrating. You know, people were celebrating that Trump got in, and now they're celebrating even more. But then on social media, every single comment you see about Trump is negative. Yeah. And I never, I never saw it that way, but it does make sense, actually, yeah. Because the people that talk negative about Trump are the people that have time to talk online about it, whereas the people that just think, actually, Trump's not perfect, um, but I'm going to vote for him. They, 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 don't, they, don't, they don't go on social media and start spouting their mouth off. They just vote, and that's that. So, so, so to answer your question, though, does it concern me? No, it doesn't even concern me, because even if it did happen, listen, the... the the, uh, the poor, poor people, there's always going to be poor people, there's always going to be rich people. And no matter what happens, that's going to be the case. So I don't get worried about changes and economy changes because all I'm going to do is I'm just going to maybe even have to change my strategy slightly. I'll just change my strategy slightly. But ultimately, I don't mean to say this in, in, a, in, a, in a bad way, but this is just the facts of it. If my tenants had a right to buy my houses at 20% discount, I don't think they would because they won't be able they won't be able. They wouldn't. They wouldn't be able to finance the deposit. They wouldn't be able to, like. So, 
yeah because not everyone's got you know 20 grand in the bank in the bank to, yeah. towards and if the odd one did then fine good luck to them i mean it's, it's just not something that worries me in the slightest um and i don't think it will happen and if it does happen it might be in a certain sector like i know it happens with council tenants yeah. and they're looking at changing it anyway normally when the government give incentives like when they give incentive to buy a discounted price to council tenants there's always strings attached but with, with that one there's not too many strings attached you can buy a house from the government if you sorry from the council if you've lived in it for so many years you can get have a right to a discount and people are exercising that right what was happening there was like a lady called jl jl spooner she was my first ever student when i met her she was a council tenant she'd lived in the in the flat for years then she came on the property investors crash course she got smart she got educated she ended up buying her property. She now rents it out and you can do that. There's no strings attached. She's then gone on to buy a nightclub, which is generating a million pounds a year turnover. You know, she's doing really, really well. But I suspect the government will, if anything, they'll probably reverse that. They are doing it in some, in, in some parts of the UK. I think in Wales, I think in Wales or Scotland, they've said, from now on if you buy a property from the right if you exercise the right to buy you have to you can't rent it out and you have all these you know so usually these things have, have a, uh, strings attached but no i'm not worried about that in the slightest yeah yeah the second question that one of our listeners put in was that she said that her her company furloughed her and she's going to be laid off and she's got nine and a half grand saved in the bank and she wants to know, well, it wasn't directly in particular, but she said, if you ever get a wealth creation episode to ask the person what they recommend to do with that sum of money in a period like this. Mm. I mean, listen, if you've got nine and a half grand and you've got no job for a start, you're going to want some to just cover, to, 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 to cover your bills and essentials. So you can have, give yourself time to get yourself back on your feet for a start. So I wouldn't be investing a whole lot into anything personally because then it's going to put you under a lot of stress. I'd be locking some aside for, an inve for investments. Maybe put £3,000 aside for investments. I'd be putting £3,000 aside for myself, i.e. to educate myself and to learn and to get an idea of how to be, how to be an investor, how to be an entrepreneur. And then I'd, and then I'd put a third of it, um, £3,000 towards to cover my essentials, my bills. I'd downsize. I'd live in a, I'd live in a cheap room shared accommodation maybe one of my hmos <laughs> and uh, and then and then and then from that education learn to be an entrepreneur and or, or an entrepreneur of course yeah. okay that's powerful um, samuel what do you do to maximize your personal development yeah so i, I spend a lot of time on personal development yeah. um so every day every day I, when first thing i do is i'll, I'll spend some time on myself um, whether that might be some meditation, um, gratitude, reading, I exercise Monday to Friday, I spend an hour working out. Um, and yeah, and, and, and just surround myself with good people generally. So just surround myself with people that are going to lift me up, not tear me down, have people around me that are going to inspire me and challenge me and press me. But personal development for me is a massive thing because I believe that the more, the bigger you are, the bigger your business will be and the bigger your bank will be and the bigger impact you'll have. It's every, everything is all about personal growth and then the rest follows. Yeah. Um, and do you think having a mentor is important in property or in any business that anyone is doing? Yeah, I think you always want to be having people that are, um, okay, so you want three types of people around you. You want, you want some people that, that are mentors to you, so you go to for advice. 
and they inspire you, they coach you, they give you answers, they train you, whatever. Then you want people around you that are success buddies. So they're people where you'll, you'll bounce ideas off each other, you'll encourage each other, cheer each other on, hold each other accountable. And then you want people that you help, you inspire and you train. And, 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 and if, you've got, if you've got those three people, people in your life, then that means that you, you, you're probably in a good place. That's wow, powerful. That's very, that's very powerful. No, yeah. I've never heard that one before. Yeah. Yeah, I like the bit about the the bodies that you kind of bounce ideas off and you challenge each other, and it's almost like a safe environment to to build your creative mind, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've got people that I'll pick up the phone to, you know, how you getting on, and we're on a, we're on an equal footing. I mean, everyone's equal in value, but yeah, I mean, yeah. in this area, we're we're you know we're like success buddies, and I've got people that I'll train and inspire, and they'll see me as a mentor, probably many thousands of people like that and then i've got people that i'll pick up the phone to and ask for help and they're my advisors so yeah i, I think that's really important and and you know i've not just got one mentor i've got many mentors for different areas of my life you know spiritual mentor i've got a a, a personal trainer that trains me physically now i've got a um business coach business mentor financial advisors uh, solicitors people that advise me accountants that advise me so yeah, you want to get you want to get all the advice you can get and all the training you can get for sure. How long did it take you before you started getting these specific coaches and mentors in different areas? It, that it's just something that just it, it just developed over time. So when I was years old, um, I started attending courses and seminars and going to networking events, and then there was people that were a mentor almost from afar. So there might be a, a, a mentor, but I just see them on stage. They don't know me, but I know them. Or a mentor to me, but like Jim Rohn was a mentor to me, but I never met him. He, was, he died when I was a teenager, but I, he mentored me through his books and through his CDs and stuff. So that's kind of how it started. And then you get, when you get to the point where you can start becoming friends with the author, not becoming friends, but just meeting and knowing the authors of the books and getting one-on-one -on -one time with the person that you saw on stage. And, that, and then it's like, okay, cool. And then, and then slowly over time, um, you know, just developed. So I've, I've had, you know, advice and mentoring from, from lots of different people, some very, very high profile people. And then some people that are just very, very valuable to me, you know? Yeah. Powerful. What keeps you awake at night? So I, I, I don't stay awake at night. I sleep, I sleep pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nothing worries you. Nothing on your chest. No, I sleep eight hours a night, go to bed at, go to bed at 11 ish, get up at about seven. Um, you know, not, 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 not religiously. I wake up when I finish sleeping. I don't set an alarm, but, um, I sleep, yeah, I sleep really good at night. That's good. And I think the reason I sleep good at night is because I know that, I, 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 I know that financially I'm secure. My friends and family and everyone are good. I'm in good relations with, and I know that what I'm doing is a good thing, you know? So I, I just, I sleep, I sleep good. At, I sleep really good at night. Yeah. And what's your greatest fear? As I said before, you know, I don't really have fears. Um, I don't like being the, the thing that I struggle with the most. I won't call it a fear, but the thing that I'm most like, oh, about is when I have to break bad news. I hate breaking bad news to people. So if, if, if someone in the company, we have to let someone go or something like that, that's, I won't call it a fear, but that's the, the thing that I dislike. Yeah. I like being the bearer of good news, not bad news. If there's good news to be told, I'll jump in quickly. I'll, I'll, I'll spill the beans on that. But if it's, if it's bad news, um, you know, if I'm having to let someone down or if, I've, if I'm having to pull out on a deal, I've, I've had, to, have had to do that. I've, put, 
I had some some deals going on, and then with Corona, I'm like, this just doesn't make sense right now anymore. So I I really hate letting people down, breaking, being the bearer of bad news. So I wouldn't call it a fear, but that's definitely something that I don't enjoy the most. Yeah. Samuel, at the end, we always do some uh, word associations. So we say a word and you say the first thing that comes into your mind back to us. Okay. So I'll, I'll start. I'll say five and Martin will say the other five. So property. Investor. Abundance. Joy. Success. Peace. Health. Wealth. Giraffe. Chimpanzee. <laughs> <laughs> that caught me out at the end. Money. Happiness. Politics. Boring. Love. Joy. History. Interesting. Home. Peace. That's good. Very good. That was the quickest round. Oh, yeah. wow. Good. Yeah. Normally we have big pauses, but... Yeah, normally people spend so long thinking about it, but you're literally the first thing that comes into your mind, it's out. Yeah. There we have it. In business, you've got to make fast decisions. Yeah. Good, good. Well, um, I don't know if you have any other piece of advice for any people out there listening. Yeah, you know what? I would just say most important thing is, is, is just, just, just believe in yourself. Just believe in yourself. When I started out, I was 17 years old when I started in business. And... There were some people that took me serious. There were other people that didn't. I got laughed at. I got, you know, take, taken, taken for a joke. And I think people are always less intelligent than you think. And you're probably smarter than you think. And you know, just, beca just because you haven't got experience in something doesn't mean that you're not qualified to start. We all start somewhere. So I think the biggest advice, whether you're starting out, whether you're starting out in a new job, whether you're finishing off in uni, whether you're starting in business, you know, don't try and pretend to be anything you're not, but just just be completely confident and remember life's short you know we come in with nothing we leave with nothing life is short so just just go for it believe in yourself don't be afraid of what anybody thinks and, and and if you fail it doesn't matter it doesn't matter no one cares you think everybody cares everyone's watching you ready for you to fail they're not they, they've got their own stuff going on the only person that cares if you fail really is probably you maybe your immediate family so just, and you've got to fail to succeed. So just go out, be unashamed, be true to yourself and doesn't matter what anyone thinks and just believe to believe in yourself. I think that would probably be my, my, my best advice. Yeah. Life is leasehold. Life is leasehold, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Good, good. It was a pleasure having you on, Samuel. I think, exactly. you know, we've learned a lot. And yeah, I, I honestly think part two down the line when this is all over, I think that'll be brilliant. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Keep up the great work. I appreciate Thanks. you. You too. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome, my friend. See you soon. Bye.